Welcome to the Wild Tater Podcast. I'm Charles Hathaway. I'm excited about today because we're going to talk about a plant that has become one of my new favorites. And it's one that I've been familiar with for a couple of years, but have only in the last couple of years realized that I already have it. It's the goji berry. And while you will hear quite a bit of hype in some circles about how this is an incredible superfood, medicine, whatever. Um, you'll also hear controversy suggesting that that's all hype and that and that it's you know overstated and so forth. I think it doesn't really matter. To me, it's a wonderful, delicious, healthy plant, and uh, and they have substantiated that it's packed with vitamin C and other common very beneficial nutrients okay whether it can be considered a super food or a healing food or whatever i'll leave up to you and i think it probably is myself but uh anyway um so the uh, goji berry the uh scientific name is lychium barbarum and let me give you the uh google latin pronunciation here we go ready Lichum barbarum. Lichum barbarum. I can't say it with his cool accent, but but we'll go with that. Also, there is another plant, Lichum chinensis, uh, maybe we should have Google pronounce that as well, which is also given the name goji berry. And from what I can tell, it's the same. It's, It's close enough to the same thing. It looks the same. The description is pretty much the same. I suspect it's just a variation on the same plant. Here's our, our Latin Google guy. Lichum quinense. Quinense. Okay, we'll take that. And uh, the goji berry, I, let me tell you the story, my story behind my experience with the goji berry, um, just because it's it's kind of a funny story. So a couple of years ago, about three years ago, um, I had somebody drop off a bunch of pots with some kind of plant or vine of some kind in my front yard. Now, um, I have an area where I invite people to drop off branches, hay, you know, any organic material like that. And so people are dropping stuff up, off like that all the time. And when I saw potted plants, I'm like, sweet. And so I didn't know what they were. And so I just kind of planted them around mostly out of um, reach of the kids because they didn't know what they were and they, you know, they just look like a simple, nice little vine kind of a thing. And as they, and I planted them and they grew well and um, eventually they grew these pretty little flowers and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then they grew berries. And, uh, and I was like, okay, kids, don't touch the berries. I don't know what these are. But uh, lovely little plants, and they grew really well. And I'm in a zone 5A, um, which means that really I should get plants that are in 5, I mean in 4. Because 5A, rather than being, you know, the most inclusive 5, it's the least inclusive 5. So if I get plants in zone 4 or, or lower than I, uh, that are intended for zones 4 or lower, then I'm okay. So if it says zone 5, as long as it's not zone 5B or 5C or whatever, then I might be okay. But anyway, point is, um, kind of a harsh environment 
by some standards. But uh, I planted these around, and they did well. And then my garden plans changed, and different things switched around, and I hadn't watered them for a couple of years. But they kept coming back. And in one of the more watered areas, it really took off and just really has done well. And uh, this year, in the springtime, um, I was talking to a guy in my neighborhood who uh, who does some you know, planting of different things and is kind of trying to make a little forest-like area up where he's at just, you know, half a mile from where I am. And he said, so, so did you get those goji berries I left you a couple of years ago? And I was like, those are goji berries? Now, I had studied goji, and I was on the lookout for goji because I was excited about how well it was supposed to do in our climate and how beneficial the... Uh, the berries are and so forth and uh and when he said that they were goji berries i was like dang this is awesome because uh, i i knew they did well i had at least three plants in unwatered areas in my yard that just get terrible sun in the you know just beating baking sun in the summertime and then ice cold uh snow and winds in the wintertime and so they're, they've been withstanding these harsh temperatures. I didn't realize all this time they were goji berries. So when he told me they were goji berries, I immediately went and checked it out. And unfortunately, they were not yet fruiting. But as soon as they did, I started trying them. And, and I was very pleased with the result. I should say I had eaten goji berries before. But what I had eaten was the dried raisin uh, versions that you can get at Winco which is a local foods, kind of a Whole Foods type of a store, somewhere between Whole Foods and just local foods, um, kind of a thing, huge warehouse store where you can buy stuff in bulk. And I would go and get the scoops of goji berries. And, you know, they make great snacks for the kids because they're not super sweet, like something like raspberries or, or cherries or something like that. But they're also not as... Um, they're not considered a save. Well, it's okay. Let me describe the taste of goji berries to you from my perspective. Growing them on my property, they're not in the most, you know, ideal conditions, but they grow berries. They taste to me like a cross between a tomato, a bell pepper, and then maybe something just slightly sweeter than that. Maybe, a, I don't want to say grape. But um, th if, you're th if you're approaching it thinking this is going to taste something like a tomato or a bell pepper, then I think you're going to be pleased with the result that you get. You'll taste them and be like, ooh, they're sweeter than I expected. And because don't, if you think of them as a sweet fruit, you're going to taste them and be like, oh, okay, that's a little different. Um, because it's not a very sweet fruit, but it does have a very nice taste if you consider it more like a tomato or bell pepper kind of a flavor and use it that way. Okay, so let's describe it. And we're going to go to the Plants for a Future website, pfaf.org. And uh, I will give my own notes on these things because, like I said, uh, 
some of the things, you know, I'm speaking from personal experience. Okay, so the common name goji, also boxthorn or matrimony vine. And I'm going to give my uh, take on that. It may be considered a vine, but I think it's vine in the same way that a raspberry or blackberry is a vine. It just kind of like shoots out, you know, and then it doesn't like wrap itself that I've seen. It just kind of shoots outward. And, and so it's kind of a, a bush vine type rather than a climbing vine. Okay, it's from the, fla- uh, the family Sol- Solanaceae. Actually, let's get our Google friend to pronounce that. Um, here we go. Solanache. Solanache. We'll go with that. Um, and that is the tomato family, which explains some things. Because from the tomato family, you get tomatoes and bell peppers, eggplants, things like that. And so this plant tasting a little bit like a tomato makes sense to me. However, this is a perennial. And that's one of the things that I think makes it so valuable in a temperate climate. Okay. USDA hardiness zones, six to nine. Now I find that fascinating because like I've said, I'm in 5A. I'm, I'm safely in four and it's growing fabulously without any help. And so six to nine, I would say go ahead and grow it all the way down to zone four because I think it's going to do great. Okay, known hazards. Although no records of toxicity have been seen, some caution should be exercised with this species, particularly with regard to its edible leaves, since it belongs to, the, to a family that, has, that often contains toxins. However, use the leaves as well as documented, as, use the leaves as well documented and fairly widespread in some areas. The unripe fruit, may also be suspect, though the ripe fruit is wholesome. So, let me, let me just uh, say a few things. This plant has been very well used um, edibly for eating the, both the leaves and the ripe fruit. I've tasted the leaves. They're not very good, but they're healthy. Okay, so they're a good edible. Maybe it would be the kind of thing that you could throw some in a salad. I wouldn't make a salad composed entirely of goji leaves because that would just be gross. They, they, they're just quite bitter. And, and at least the ones I've tasted. Maybe in a well-watered, well-taken-care-of area, maybe they taste better. I'm not sure. Um, as for the ripe fruit versus unripe fruit, I suspect it's like tomatoes. You know, people will fry green tomatoes, and I don't, I don't know what that tastes like. I've, you've probably heard of fried green tomatoes. Um... I don't know anything about that. Maybe the cooking it takes care of any potential toxins. I don't know. I haven't looked into that. However, I would just recommend that you wait till the fruit is ripe. And how do you know when it's ripe? Well, when it's red. It's like a tomato that way. So, and it, it'll be kind of orange before that. The, the redder it gets, the riper it is. And the plumper it is, um, you know, red and plump, it's ready to eat. and It's going to be delicious. Okay, so habitats, hedges on walls and waste ground. Original habitat is obscure, but probably Southeast Europe to Southwest Asia. 
and it's been naturalized in Britain. I believe it is starting to be naturalized in the United States as well, because I've I've seen this in the wild. At least I think I have. I haven't dared to eat it because I haven't had enough tools to verify that it is goji berry I'm seeing. Not so much in the mountains, but you know those canal edges where people it's around people areas but it looks like a natural area um, and there's maybe water running somewhere nearby it seems to i keep seeing it in those areas and i don't know if that's because of people more likely because of birds birds are going to go crazy eating this stuff and then they're going to of course poop the seeds out in different places which is one of the best ways to to plant a tomato family plant is to get birds to eat it and poop it out somewhere else. And then it probably grows by these water sides where birds like to hang out because there's so many plants for them to perch on and drink, uh, water to drink. Okay, summary. Lychium barbarum, commonly known as wolfberry and, not known, or, and also now known better as goji berry, is a deciduous shrub going, growing 2.5 meters or eight feet at a medium rate. The fruit can be eaten raw or cooked. The fruit is a berry about two centimeters in diameter. It has a mild, sweet licorice flavor. Now I'm gonna give my notes. I don't know where they're getting this licorice flavor. It could be, because the aftertaste has kind of a unique flavor about it that I guess you could consider licorice. I wouldn't. Maybe if you mix licorice and tomato together, that just sounds terrible when you say it that way. <laughs> anyway, try it out. If you can find it at a health food store, try the dried version. It could be fun. If you can find it fresh at a food store, that's awesome. Uh, go ahead and get it. Only the fully ripe fruits should be eating. eaten, continuing the summary. Young shoots are cooked and used mainly as a flavoring. They can also be lightly cooked for three to four minutes and used as a vegetable. The flavor is somewhat cress-like, but has also been described as peppermint-like. I'm not sure where they're getting these uh, flavors. Uh, maybe the flavor of cress minus all the spiciness and the peppermint um, flavor minus the mint part. I, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure where they're getting that from, but okay, we'll take that. The leaves wilt rapidly once they have been harvested. The leaves are a tea substitute. Okay, now that's something I haven't tried. Cooking the leaves or, or um, you know, heating the leaves uh, like tea. Lychium barbarum has been used for centuries in China as a tr traditional medicinal and food supplement. Okay. Where they say the Latin name, I'm just going to say goji berry, just because it's easier for me. Goji berry is deciduous shrub, growing 2.5 meters, 8 foot by 4 foot at a medium rate. They already said that, but we'll go that. This one says it's hardy to zone 7. Seriously, folks, I, I you can grow it in zone 4, okay? <laughs> it is in flower from June to August. And the seeds ripen from August to October. The species is hermaphrodite, has both male and female organs, and is pollinated by bees. Now, for those of you new to the plant world, let's talk about this hermaphrodite thing. Okay, 
there are various kinds of plants. Uh, some plants are have flowers that are male and female in the same flower. Okay. Now, in order to get plants to propagate or to grow fruit and seed, um, you need both male and female. Now, if you've got a plant that has a flower that is both male and female, a hermaphrodite, then that means you have one plant, bees can get all, do all the work and get your fruit for you. Okay? If it is a kind of plant, and I'm not going to use all the terms, but I'm just going to describe them for now. We'll probably get into terms as we go further into this um, series with plants and so forth, but... Some plants, like squash, will have male flowers and female flowers on the same plant. And how can you tell the difference? Well, it's simple once bees have been pollinating them because the, the uh, uh, and, and you can pollinate them yourself, you know, just touching that little pollen area and it'll poof some uh, pollen onto your finger and you can rub it onto another flower and onto another flower and rub back and forth in order to pollinate them. Um, that's kind of fun to do, just as a science project, if you will. Bees do a great job. But um, you have a male flower over here and a female flower over here growing on the same plant, okay? And if the male flower uh, pollen gets the female flower area po pollen and so forth, then you will get fruit. And under that flower, you will get a little bulge. It looks like it's it's a snake that's just swallowed a rat or something, you know, or a mouse or whatever. And as as the flower dies off, that bulge will get bigger and bigger and grow into a watermelon or a pumpkin or whatever it is. And um, the male flowers just simply won't grow fruit. Some people think that their um, their plant is not very fruitful because it's only growing fruit on half of the flowers. Well, the fact is, is that half of the flowers, give or take, are male. And so they're not going to grow flowers. Now, there's a third kind of type of plant um, that is dioecious or dioecious, depending, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. I'll look that up later. Uh, where one kind of, or one plant is a male and another plant is a female. The willow family is a classic example of this. You will have the male uh, plant growing flowers, and you will have the female plant growing flowers. And unless you have a male and female um, cross-pollinate via bees or hand-pollinated or whatever, you're not going to get seeds out of it. Okay. Um, another example is the maple family, at least. I think the whole maple family, but at least some members of the maple family. Um, box elder being one of them. If you ever get box elder bugs, it's because you've got a female plant. It will grow the, the little parachute seeds. And if you have a male box elder, it won't grow those. And so if you like the box elder, but you don't want the bugs, grow a male plant. Because it will pollinate the females, but if you don't have a female, you're not going to get the box elder bug. Total unrelated thing, except to say that there are different kind there are different kinds of plants, and this is good to know because if you buy yourself, for example, a honeyberry plant, and you're just waiting for it to fruit and it's just not doing its thing, it may be because it needs. Uh, I'm sorry, not a honeyberry. 
um, a buffalo berry. There, there's all different kinds. I, I only go with berries so often right now because I'm really into berries this year. Collected a whole bunch and I'm excited about them. If you want to grow fruit on your buffalo berry, you're going to want a female and a male nearby. Okay, same thing with, you know, any other plant similar to that. It's nice to know that so that you can know what you're doing. Anyway, goji berry, it's hermaphrodite. It'll take care of itself with the help of the bees. Okay, suitable for light, sandy, medium, loamy, and heavy clay soils. Let me, let me clarify that. For light, medium, and heavy soils, which means sandy, loamy, or clay soils. Okay, it, prefer, it prefers well-drained soil and can grow nutritionally in nutritionally poor soil. I can attest to that. <laughs> okay, if you've got dry, hard soil, you can probably still grow goji. Okay, you may need to water it for a couple of months or something, and then it will do fine probably after that. Suitable pH, acid, neutral, and basic or alkaline soils. It can grow well in semi-shade or light woodland, or in no shade. It prefers moist soil. The plant can tolerate maritime exposure. Okay, I can attest to the uh, moist and so forth soil because the uh, goji that I have in a, <coughs> excuse me, in a totally unwatered area is growing fine, but I haven't seen any fruit on it. In an area where it's like almost boggy, it's so wet, I'm getting tons of fruit. And it's growing tall, it's growing happy, it's just loving it. So it does love moist soil, but it doesn't need it to survive. And if you're trying to establish a food forest, go ahead and plant it all over the place. Because as time goes by and you get more trees growing large and providing shade, humidity will increase and so forth. And while you may not get fruit at first on them, if you're allowing them to live there, by the time you've got this dappled shade with, you know, uh, residual humidity, they will start to fruit. So, um, that is good. Okay, synonyms also, um, um, let's see, Lychum barbarum, variation, Aranticarpum, K.F. Ching, and Lychum barbarum, variation, Chinense, uh, okay, and uh, this one is sometimes called the Chinese boxthorn. I, I don't know if they're the same plant. Or, I suspect they're a variation on the same plant. I, I could be wrong about that. Looking at the pictures of the uh, Lychum Chinense, or Chinese boxthorn, Chinese desert thorn, it looks kind of like this gnarly, woody, tree-ish thing with with goji branches growing out of it, which my goji berry is growing like, like a, very much like a raspberry, okay, and these big, long, stretched out, with slight, you know, a few poking out different directions, but mostly like a ra giant raspberry. Okay, anyway, <clears throat> habitats, woodland garden, sunny edge, dappled shade, or hedge, Edible uses. Okay, the edible parts are the fruit and the leaves. And edible uses you can use for tea. Okay, the fruit you can eat raw or cooked. The fruit is a berry about two centimeters in diameter. Mild, li sweet licorice flavor. 
Only the fully ripe fruits should be eaten. Young shoots are cooked, uh, can be cooked, used mainly as a flavoring. They can be lightly cooked for three to four minutes and used as a vegetable. The flavor is somewhat cress-like, but has also been described as peppermint-like. Okay, this is making sense now, the, uh, the summary, um, when it talked about the somewhat cress-like flavor and so forth. It, it was talking about the leaves. Uh, that wasn't very clearly put in the summary. Okay, I can, I can see that, because I taste it quite, quite bitter. I did not cook the leaves when I ate them, and so there you go. The cooked leaves may have a peppermint-like, crest-like flavor, and the leaves wilt rapidly once they've been harvested. One of the reasons this is slightly confusing is because PFAF, uh, the Plants for a Future website, is quoting from various sources, books and so forth, uh, I, I gathered that they're almost gathering word for word out of the books. And and if you were to follow through to the uh, the books that they're referencing um, and then look them up, you might get a bigger picture of what the books are saying about it. But this is a really great site for collecting it all. I just recommend reading the entire page before, you know, chomping into these things. Um for example, here, I have not cooked the leaves. I've only tasted them briefly, chewed a couple of them, and eaten them. Perhaps cooked will work better, <laughs> as recommended. Okay, medicinal uses. And again, um, the, the website can't take responsibility for adverse effects uh, from the use of plants. Always seek advice from a professional before using a plant medicinally. Um, but uh, here we go. It is... A sweet tonic decoction made from the fruits of the goji berry is used to lower blood pressure and blood cholesterol levels. It acts mainly on the liver and kidneys. The fruit is taken internally in the treatment of high blood pressure, diabetes, poor eyesight, vertigo, lumbago, lumbago, sorry, impotence, and menopausal complaints. The fruit is harvested when fully ripe and is dried for later use. And let me just say, I, I gather that this fruit would be very easily dried. If you simply put a screen over it and kept it outside, it will dry beautifully on its own. I don't think you have to necessarily use a dehydrator. They're small enough fruits. They probably almost completely dry within a day. And, uh, and so I think they would be very easy to dry. For later use. Okay, the root bark is a bitter cooling antibacterial herb that controls coughs and lowers fevers, blood pressure, and blood cholesterol levels. It is taken internally in the treatment of chronic fevers, internal hemorrhages, nosebleeds, tuberculosis, coughs, asthma, etc. It is applied externally to treat genital itching. The bark is harvested in the winter and dried for later use. Diuretic, purgative, the plant has a long history of medicinal use, both as a general energy-restoring tonic and also to cure a wide range of ailments from skin rashes to eye problems to diabetes. A tonic tea is made from the leaves. The fruit of many members of this genus is very rich in vitamins and minerals, especially in vitamins A, C, and E, flavonoids, and other bioactive compounds. 
it's also a fairly good source of essential fatty acids, which is fairly unusual for a fruit. It is being investigated as a food that is capable of reducing incidence of cancer and also as a means of halting and reversing the growth of cancers. And I will say to that, that is a good summation of, of the health and medicinal benefits of the plant. This is very much a plant that has been used by Native American type uh, cultures for, you know, and, and Aboriginal cultures for centuries. It's, it's the kind of plant that's just like, it's just well known that this is a good medicinal plant. However, and this is the big asterisk, on all of this. It has not been studied by very strongly in modern medicine for its uses. And the fact is modern medicine doesn't do much with plants these days, for the most part. They, if they can find and isolate the chemical compounds in a plant, they will just synthetically produce them. Which is, you know, I, I once, once uh, decided you know, maybe I should find out because ibuprofen is my my pain reliever of choice uh, in, in most cases. And I'm like, I should look up where ibuprofen comes from and grow that plant. I look it up and I'm like, wait, what? I, they, they keep talking about the chemical compounds, but I can't find where it comes from. And it's like, you have to dig deep to find that it was, well, what it comes down to is it's synthetically created. I mean, it's basically they're plugging chemicals together to make it. I mean, they're, they're taking this chemical, this chemical, and this chemical, and they make it out of that. I mean, there's no naturalness left in it, from what I can find. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody in the medical field, I would be fascinated to learn more about that. You know, you hear about aspirin uh, coming from willow bark and so forth. Uh, ibuprofen and I think Tylenol as well, don't have roots like that. They just don't have them. Because in the medical field, if you can chemically produce it, they can do it in incredible mass quantities and not have to um, grow it. Now that sounds weird to people from, peop from like my background where you try to grow what you can to take care of your needs, especially with food. And if there's things, you know, you got a headache, if there's a plant that you can take for it, well, why not do it? I mean, if you don't take anything, you'll be fine anyway. It's just, you know, it may take longer, or be less comfortable for a couple of days or whatever. Same with just like stomach, uh, you know, or indigestion, things like that. If you can solve that with plants, why would you, um, you know, if things that you wouldn't go to a doctor for anyway, oh, why wouldn't you do it? Well, it used to be... Um, back in pioneer days and, and pilgrim times and so forth, this was what medicine was, was various plants. And so, anyway, my point is, this is a very well-documented uh, plant used in um, European and Chinese medicine and so forth, uh, and uh, it just hasn't been tested for modern medicinal uses. Okay, let's go on. Other uses. The plant can be used as an informal hedge uh, succeeding in maritime exposure. Uh, plants have an extensive root system that can be planted to stabilize sandy banks. I would suggest, personally, that it's probably a good um, 
reclamation plant because it grows so well in such rough areas. If you were to just line an area with it, you could really um, help the soil and so forth. And my understanding from those who have had it long is it will spit out, you know, suckers below, which is a great thing if you're trying to establish a food forest. Okay. Cultivation details. An easily grown plant, it does not require a rich soil. Flowering and fruiting better in a well-drained soil of moderate quality. It succeeds in impoverished soils, but more fertile soils are best if the plant is being grown for its edible young shoots. It requires a sunny position. Um, some plants at Q are growing well in light shade. I'm not sure what Q is. Is that a location? Um, it's a capital K-E-W, so... Anyway, tolerates maritime exposure. Plants are hardy to about negative 15 Celsius. There are some named varieties uh, selected for their ornamental value. Plants are very tolerant of pruning and can regrow from old wood. Any trimming is best carried out in the spring. Plants produce suckers fairly freely and can become invasive when in a sunny position. Otherwise, they can be difficult to establish. There is much confusion over the naming of this species. Most of all, Lichum sinensis or Lichum europeum, europeum in, are in fact this species. So in other words, the Latin name has, has been altered enough times that it has several Latin names, which is it's intended that nothing have more than one Latin name, but sometimes they change them and get rid of the old one. So in old books, it'll be listed differently. Anyway, um, propagation. Seed. So early, so in early spring in a greenhouse. Germination is usually good and fairly quick. <clears throat> Pick out the seedlings into individual pots when they are large enough to handle and grow them in a greenhouse for their first winter. Plant out in late spring or early summer. Pinch out the shoot tips of the young plants in order to encourage bushy growth. Cuttings of half-ripe wood, uh, five to 10 centimeters with a heel if possible. July and August in individual pots in a frame. Good percentage. Uh, I think they mean that a good percentage of your attempts will work. Cuttings of mature wood of the current season's growth. Autumn to late winter in a cold frame. High percentage. Division of suckers in late winter. Very easy. The suckers can be planted out direct into their permanent positions. Layering. And I will say from my own experience, after I discovered what these were, I immediately began taking cuttings and trying to root them. And I had moderate success. Not perfect success. I think of the four or five branches that I tried to, and I just cut off, you know, nine inches off straight from the um, uh, youngest growth, which some people have better growth with the woody stuff from last year. Um, since I didn't know till, you know, mid-late spring that uh, I had goji berries, I was taking my cuttings later than that. And I was like, you know, if I've got gojis, I want as many as I can get and started taking cuttings and, and rooting them. 
Um, they take longer than something like willow, which, you know, it's like, that stuff is so eager to root that it's like sticking in the water and a week later you're ready to plant it half the time. But uh, I do recommend if you do have access to willow, and and I I have tried to grow quite a bit of globe willow simply because it roots so quickly and establishes easily, or sorry, not establishes easily, but um, can be easily planted. And, you know, if you keep it watered, it'll grow. I recommend having willow on your property. If you don't want big, tall willows like that, grow some river willows. I mean, all you have to do is take a couple of cuttings from the mountains, stick them in water when they root, plant them, keep them alive. And as they grow, you know, you can cut them smaller and so forth. The reason I say that is because um, willow has natural rooting hormone. So if you're trying to root a goji berry and you have a willow, go cut some willow, just, you know, six, eight inches, whatever, and then just chop that, you know, slice off the, just slide off the leaves. Just, just take your finger from the top and all the leaves off. You don't need those. Throw those in your compost pile, whatever. Maybe they'll help something or, or in your garden to help other things grow. But then take that little branch and cut it up every few inches, throw it in the water that you're trying to grow your gojis in. In fact, if you really want to do this perfectly, cut up some um, willow branch into water, let it sit for a day or two, and then put your goji berries and berry branches in there. And what will happen is that all that rooting hormone that's telling the willows, you got to root, you got to root, it gets into the water. And when you put the goji root, I mean the goji branch in there, all that water soaking into the plant that is now feeding the plant is packed with all these, you know, chemicals saying, you got to root, you got to root, and it'll, it'll help it to root. Um, that's the case with just about any plant, assuming it can grow from cuttings. It's not perfect, and perhaps a cutting, I mean, sorry, a rooting hormone might do better. I still want to get some to try it. I've never tried rooting hormone. I'm soon going to, though, because I have lots of things I want to root. And uh, I'll keep you posted on how that works for me. Anyway, lots of great information uh, here. And if you get on the PFAF site and look up the goji berry, and you can type in either the Latin name or the common name. Um, there's all these comments about it. Um, for one, people saying the zone, um, you know, they can get at much lower zones than the zone 7 or zone 6 that uh, is suggested. And I 100% agree with that. Just, just plant this stuff. You can find this sometimes at your local nurseries. I found a little goji berry plant. It's been my best producer, which is weird because it came in a little $2.50 pot, you know, with the, with the little mint plants and things like that, uh, lavender and that. And, and there were just goji berries and it had like 10 goji berries growing on this little, you know, six inch plant. And I'm like, okay, I'll take that, you know? And so I planted it and you know, I'm wanting it to focus on roots and, and, and so forth to get established and everything, but it's got so many berries on it. It keeps growing more berries, and, and my kids keep coming out and saying, can I have another goji berry? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> yeah, and I try not to get them to eat too much of them because I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, 
I don't know for sure if anybody is allergic to it or what. So I say, you know, have a, have a couple. Um, don't have more for now. So far, my kids all eaten some and reaped the wonderful benefits of the goji berry. And they love it. So anyway, that is a long episode for the goji berry. But I think it well deserves it. It's a lovely plant. One that I highly recommend for your garden or for your food forest. Or just for, you know, throwing between your hedges. Remember, it grows like a raspberry, so it doesn't take up a lot of space, but it's likely to expand out to new plants. It will grow in your tough soils if you just give it water for a little while to get help it get established. I recommend putting it anywhere where you, you just can't get out very often because it's a productive, edible... You know soil reclamation plant that you know you just can't lose by having it around so anyway with that thank you all again for listening